Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, as always, your host, John June. And of course, as always, in the month of August and the rest of this football calendar year, we have football on TV now. Greg Penniman, my co-host, is with us. Greg, how you feeling, man? Feeling, feeling good, you know, on this this nice Saturday morning. Uh, ready to talk about the tight ends, you know, you know, probably the most frustrating position for fantasy for sure. Uh, especially, you know, after that, those those top guys. But that's why we're here to make the life easier right now, and uh, you know, maybe get some hits, uh, win some matchups, because tight end tight end can definitely win you some weeks. Yeah, I mean, we saw that last year that if you had a a really good tight end, uh, you were most likely in the running for a championship in your in your league, whether it was Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, um, you know, and some other guys along along the way that that helped us out that just weren't in that tight end death zone that, <laughs> you know, like tight end 10 and later that we'll see, we'll often see. But um, as we've been doing with our positional breakdowns, we're going to discuss our top three tight ends. We will each reveal our top 12 tight ends. We will go through our sleepers, our bust, our breakouts, and our my guys. So, and then if time permits, which is the tight end show, so I think time will permit, we'll play some ADP game. Um, not much news and notes. Again, playoff or preseason football is out. That's something we didn't have last year. Um, Greg, what are you trying to take away from preseason games now that that they're on and uh, that fans get to watch them? Um, definitely, you know, it's, it's good to watch. I was never a huge like fan wise of just preseason football. I mean, you know, the starters come in for um, maybe back then when it was four games. Now it's not even four games this year. Uh, that third preseason game was always like probably the best one to get the most time for starters and everything like that. Um, so this time, I'm not sure how the coaches are going to set it up, how staffs are going to set it up. I know um, stars like Zeke are not even going to play. So it's it's up and down for this one. This is a, a first of its kind because it's only two. Um, so I would just try to you know keep in mind, um, not take it too much, uh, not say not take it for a grain of salt, but not take it too heavy because – I've seen teams look so great in preseason and then just come out horrible in the regular season. So, yeah. Yeah. I think for the the biggest thing, like you said, don't not, don't take too much, don't put too much stock into it. Right. But like the things I try to take away from it are how are these, some of these young guys looking, um, what are their, are they running with starters? Are they running with backups? Those are the kinds of things like seeing where guys are on the depth chart, how they, how they're utilized a little bit. Um, those, those types of things are interesting especially if you're in a dynasty league, you like to see your rookies and, and your, you know, those second year players, you like to see how they're developing. And so just seeing them on a football field is, is nice. But um, like you said, don't put too much stock into it one way or the other, whether a team has a great preseason or a team has a bad preseason, there's no, there's no telling. I mean, the Patriots, I think went and four in the preseason the year they went 18 and one. So like, don't, don't really yeah. put too much stock into it, but, Let's recap. We're jumping into tight end position. Let's recap the top 12 tight ends in total points from 2020. Refresh everybody's memories real quick. And the number one guy, obviously, Travis Kelsey. Yes, number two, 
Um, this isn't going to be total points, actually. Mm-hmm. I lied to the people. I'm sorry. This is going to be fantasy points per game. Travis okay. Kelsey was one. Darren Waller was two. George Kittle was three. Mark Andrews was four. Logan Thomas, five. Robert Tunyon, six. TJ Hawkinson, seven. Mike Gusecki, eight. Dallas Goddard, nine. Hunter Henry, 10. Noah Fant, 11. And Eric Ebron coming in as the tight end, 12. Greg, which of these guys, in your opinion, has the most has the, the likeliest chance of falling out of this top 12? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Eric Ebron. I feel like this is kind of an easy answer. You know, he was already hanging on at 12. Just an easy drop for him. Um, it's just the emergence of these new guys, uh, especially Kyle Pitts, and he's definitely going to be in that top 12. So, yeah, you, you, that's one right there, uh, definitely for sure. Just production for the tight end from year to year is not consistent, and Ebron's never been historically a dominant guy, so I can't see him finishing top 12 year in and year out. Yeah, definitely agree there. Uh, it's going to be hard for for Ebron to replicate that. Um, honestly, I'm looking here at this list. Like, obviously, you know how the, what I went through with Hunter Henry last year, but I have him in my top 12. So, but there's also a chance. I mean, right? Although I do have him in my top 12, there's a chance that he could fall out because he does have yeah. Johnny Smith on his team, and plus yep. the Patriots are unpredictable. So. There's that possibility, but uh, maybe Mike Gusecki, because we've seen, you know, him fluctuate in the uh, his usage fluctuate with Tua, and so hard to tell if that was a function of Tua, or if that was just a function of, you know, Tua being a young quarterback and how they were utilizing uh, Mike Gusecki in the tight end position. But uh, again, tight end's hard, right? Because it could be a touchdown or two touchdowns that separates these guys. Uh, from the tight end six to the tight end 15, right? So let's jump into the discussion. And I don't think there's much discussion here, Greg. I'm going to let you lead this off. Who is the tight end one for 2021? Oh, man, the tight end one, you know, our tight end one in the, the St. Jude Bowl as well, uh, Travis Kelsey. We took him in the first round, and I think that's the way to go with this man. He's going to be the first tight end off the board, uh, as he should be. Um, he's going. This is a guy that's going to get close to 150 targets, if not more. Um, he's going to be dominating as <clears throat> the number one guy with Tyreek Hill. It's like 1A, 1B for Pat, Pat Mahomes, uh, for who he's going to pass it to, especially in the red zone. Both these, you know, they're going to, going to get a high touchdown mark. Travis Kelsey, smooth on the field, smooth off the field. He does what he has to do every week, week in and week out. He plays every game like this. This man is a machine like for consistency at the tight end position. Uh, and yeah, I have him as my number one. Um, it's not even close. Yeah, man, he's definitely the number one tight end for me as well. Absolutely dominated in 2020. Had 145 targets, 105 receptions, 1,416 receiving yards, which was a tight end record. Also had 11 touchdowns. This was good for 19 and a half PPR points per game. Like you said, just dominated the position. And like you were mentioning, he's our tight end one in the St. Jude Bowl. We took him in the first round. I think what did we have the sixth uh, or seventh pick. Seventh pick, seventh pick, yeah. Seventh pick. So we were able to get him at the 107. In terms of ADP, according to 444.com's multi-site ADP, he is the fifth player off the board behind Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. Are you in on that price, Greg, for the fifth player off the board? We're here, man. I mean, yeah, just a couple years ago, taking a tight end in the first round was unheard of. And I'm, I'm glad we're adjusting and adapting to just taking a player at this point. Like, you're, you're getting a skill that 
is going to give you an advantage. That's that's what it's about. It's not really about him. It's about what's relative to him uh, at the tight end position. And you're only going to get maybe two people that are going to compare to his stats. So you'll have an advantage over half, more than half the league right there. No, absolutely, man. And like we've been talking about, um, you know, you and I have been on the same page with Patrick Mahomes is probably going to have a ridiculous year. And the top two targets, like you mentioned, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. So Travis Kelsey's not a bad piece to have, especially since he's essentially a wide receiver playing tight end, right? So that's like a yep. cheat code there. Yep. But if you can't get Travis Kelsey, then maybe you go with the number two guy. He's no, he's my number two tight end. We'll find out very shortly if he's yours, but I'm pretty sure he might be. Darren Waller, he was the next best, the next best thing in fantasy last year. If you didn't have Travis Kelsey, he was the tight end two, averaged 17.4 PPR points per game had more than 100 total PPR points than the next best option. And that's because this man right here might as well have been a wide receiver with the numbers he was putting up. Led the Raiders in targets, 145. Also had 107 catches for almost 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. All of those numbers are career highs for the former wide receiver. He's going off the board now, Greg, as the tight end three, player 25. Mm. I know you and I have... You know, you and I, Greg, we felt that that shouldn't be the case. But what are your what are your thoughts here with Darren Waller, assuming he is your tight end, too? Yeah, uh, he is definitely my tight end, too, as well. Um, he's just squeaking out um, about 10 points over George Kittle. But, yeah, this man, as far as the target number, he's comparable to Travis Kelsey uh, around the same number last year. And he's going to get around the same number again this year. They just force feed it to him as well. Uh, the targets around him are not even as good as the targets around Chuck Kelsey. So just more of a situation that he's going to be a focal point in this offense. Um, I'm with that, with the logic there, of, uh, you know, the kills putting up Kelsey numbers, he should definitely, I'm not opposed to him also being drafted in the first round. If you're, you know, wanted to go that decision uh, late first round or top of the second. Rookie mistake, man. Yeah, man. It's all good. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally agree. I know you and I had a conversation about it off air the other day, but to me, if Travis Kelsey is a first-round pick, you know, going as the top, the top, he's a fifth player off the board. Darren Waller should be a first-round yeah. pick. I mean, yep. you're getting almost, if you're getting 80, 90 percent of Travis Kelsey, that's still really good. And that's like I said, he had 100 more PPR points than any other tight end last year. We obviously know Mark Andrews and George Kittle were injured, but the 145 targets are still going to be there, in my opinion. I mean, probably more with the 17th game. And then, like you had mentioned, the the players around him aren't that much better. And you yeah. have to imagine, even if they are better than the players that they're replacing in last year with Nelson Aguilar, and I don't even remember who the other outside receiver was, but um, if you if even they take a, a step, the roles don't change. The roles are still similar. Darren Waller is still going to be the man in this offense. And so I look at it that way. I, I think Darren Waller should be a first round pick, but he's, like I said, he's the tight end three. Greg, who is your tight end three? My tight end three. I'm a continue to go to chalk. I think George Kittle is still, um, the tight end three. I mean, last year we had him, I had him as tight end two with, with Kelsey, 
think their wall is kind of solidified that um, it's being just the target number is going to be there. And the emergence of Brandon Ayuk in that offense is going to, you know, maybe bump down Kittle just by just slightly. But Kittle is going to get 130 targets. I have him for um, close to 100 receptions. Um, he's still going to be a beast in that offense and uh, the main focal point uh, for the 49ers. Um, yeah, so he's, he's still super young. He's still a freak of nature athlete wise uh, coming off the injury. I'm not worried about any injury for, for Kittle for coming off any injury. He can he'll be fine. Yeah, and I think, right, like you said, these guys, he's my tight end three as well. He was actually my tight end one last year, which was kind of crazy. Um, almost out of necessity, I felt, right? I felt like, like that's, he, yeah, yeah. He, but they, but they, they like, like we were, like I was saying last year, I thought that they would have, especially because Debo Samuel was hurt. You had a rookie in Brandon Ayuk that they would lean heavily into George Kittle. We yeah. never got to see that because Kittle got hurt with the first week of the season. Yep. But I think, you know, Kittle, is still going to be in this he's going he's going to be utilizing this offense very much it's going to I wouldn't say it's going to run through him not like it used to I think because of the emergence like you said of Brandon Ayuk but I think Kittle is still in that upper echelon tier of tight ends you know him and you know he's a smidgen below Darren Waller for me uh actually for the most of the year George Kittle was my tight end too but after digging into like Darren Waller a little bit in the season that he kind of had and then you factor in, like you said, I'm not worried about the injuries for Kittle, but they are a factor. This is a guy that does get banged up often. So when you consider that and then the fact that Darren Waller doesn't miss time, then I'm I'm probably I'm going to lean Darren Waller here. But it, mm-hmm. it's it's not by much. Where are you comfortable targeting George Kittle in drafts? Um, I probably so I have Kittle and Waller. I'm fine with them going one uh, top of the second. Um, then. With that logic, I'd probably be comfortable taking Kittle round three, uh, into round two, I'd say. Yeah, if I was at that turn, um, I would probably take him at the end of the round two, round three, start of round yeah, three. Yeah, so he is going off the board right now, like I said, the tight end two, but he's player 24. So that would put him as the last pick in the second round, like you were saying. So, And I think that you could target him there. I, I think, obviously, if you're picking later in that round, there's a possibility George Kittle doesn't make it back to you. Right. So you might as well just take George Kittle. If you're picking at like nine or 10, right. George, there's the chance that George Kittle makes it back to you on the turn is, is slim. So um, maybe you go ahead and take a George Kittle. But again, we're talking about a guy. He he only played eight games, but he was still third on the team with target in targets yep. with 63, 48 catches, 634 yards, two touchdowns. That was a 16-game pace of 126 targets, 96 receptions, 1,268 yards, and four touchdowns. So this is still a good player. Curious to see how, you know, the the emergence and um, introduction of Trey Lance into this offense, how that might change things for George Kittle. But I think he's still a dominant player at the position. Greg, why don't you give the people your your top 12 here in terms of uh, your tight ends for 2021? So I got my man Travis Kelsey one, of course, Darren Waller two, George Kittle at the third spot, my guy TJ Hawk, the Hawk at number four, uh, Mark Andrews at five, Dallas Goddard at six, Kyle Pitts at seven, Logan Thomas at eight, Noah Fant at nine, John o. Smith at 10, Mike Isecki at 11, and Robert Tanya rounding out at number 12. Nice, man. Nice. For my top 12, I got obviously... Kelsey, Waller, Kittle round out my top three. At four, Kyle Pitts. Five, Mark Andrews. Six, TJ Hawkinson. Seven, Noah Fant. 
eight Dallas Goddard, nine Robert Tunyon. I got the New England tight ends back to back. Hunter Henry Ooh. at ten, John okay. at eleven, and then I've got Mike Gesicki as my tight end twelve to round it all out. Greg, the tight end position, like we said, it could be it could be one where if you don't get one of these top three guys, <laughs> we always advise people don't take these middle round tight ends. Yeah. Go get a late guy who's got some upside. So who's your sleeper here at the tight end position, Greg? So um, I've been going back and forth. Uh, one name that comes to mind, definitely, I think it was my sleeper last year. If not, it's, it's Blake Jarwin, like, again, or he's going to be a name that we talked about last year um, and that we're going to talk about again this year because he, he got hurt within the first week uh, against the Giants. Um, just a guy that we know in this Dallas offense. It's going to still throw to the tight end no matter what uh, receivers they have. They're going to get that player. And Dolce Schultz came in and stepped in. He was able to play all 16 games. He got 89 targets last year. That's, you know, he was <clears throat> a top five a top five guy in targets per game. Um, he got over 600 yards. So when we're, I'm, I'm expecting that Dolce Schultz will kind of take the step back to Blake Jarwin again. And that's what we're kind of hearing in camp. Hopefully he's taking first team snaps and Blake Jarwin will be the guy. But if you slide that into that position, that's a guy that's going to get you close to, to 90 targets and almost 600 yards. So, And he's going basically the bottom of drafts for a tight end position. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to get all those that numbers but sliding because, you know, C.D. Lamb's going to get more targets and stuff like that. But that's going to only bump him down by a little bit. And Blake Jarwin should be a, a value price at, at late in the, in the drafts. Yeah, I like that one, too. I mean, when I initially did my projections, Blake Jarwin came in pretty high at the tight end position. Yep. I did bump him down a little bit just because of he's coming off the ACL. I wasn't quite sure uh, at the time I had done my projections. I wasn't quite sure if he was completely healthy yet. But all the reports, like you were saying, seemed to be positive. There was, um, you know, I uh, saw a couple highlights of him, you know, running routes pretty aggressively uh, in team in team activities. So. You know, like you said, Blake Jarwin in that tight end in that tight end role for Dallas. We saw Dalton Schultz. He was like a weekly stream option just because you knew he was going to fall into seven targets in a PPR league, which was that's really all you could ask for from tight end position. But, Greg, my sleeper probably going to make you upset. So (laughs) just bear with me here. It's Evan Ingram. Oh, man, you were right. I'm like tight end. Like, who's going to make me upset? I forgot. (laughs) <laughs> oh man that's the defense mechanism you just don't see yeah, his name word. when you just it's, scroll I, through the, <laughs> the rankings though but evan ingram it was a rough year for him in 2020 did play all 16 games though for the first time in his career had career lows in yards per reception touchdowns yards per game he had a career high in drops he was second in the nfl uh which you know that drops would the drops total would put him second in the nfl finished as the tight end 20 Going off the board this year as the tight end 17, I think that that's value here. He's been a top six tight end before. You know, both you and I had him in our top six last year going into 20, going into 2020 season. So if look through that lens, I think he's a value. And when we're looking for a tight end this late in a draft, we're looking for someone with top six, top seven upside. And Ingram has that. So for that reason, and I'm, I'm again, how I'm approaching tight end this year. I'm trying to get one early, so I don't have to get one late. But if I do have to get one late, I'm looking for a guy that has this kind of upside, and Ingram provides that. 
Yeah, I actually have him in my projections tied in 19. I mean, 18. So, yeah, uh, I have him priced where he pretty much is. Um, another name sleeper um, that definitely I feel like is just going to give you good weeks. Uh, Jared Cook going at the end of rounds, um, uh, going, I believe, out of the top 20 as well. Um, he going to slide in. Jared and, Cook is tight end 19, according ooh. to 4 for 4. It's right there. So, yeah, I think he's going to give you some good value. He can give you definitely some tight end one weeks, which is what you are going to want to want if you're going to draft at that point. You're someone that can get you some tight end one weeks, and Jerry Cook's going to be there at that. With Paired with the Herb now, uh, just uh, another positive there. Um, and they're going to continue to throw to the tight end position. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Henry was a guy that was in the Chargers offense that got targeted uh, a number of times. So, uh, this is a guy, Jerry Cook, that hasn't had under 600, 500 yards uh, receiving since um 2016 so jared cook has been a consistent uh, as far as being a solid tight end for fantasy yeah i like that one i mean since we're we're going doubles here i'll throw out a name as well gerald everett um you know he's a guy that people latched on to in the fantasy and dynasty communities when in his time with the la rams but you know he was a high draft pick for the rams under sean mcveigh so people thought there would be a lot of potential there he never really Flat. I mean, he flashed it, but he never really, um, you know, there was not much consistency there with Gerald Everett. But right. now he's in Seattle with Russell Wilson, and we know Russell Wilson utilizes the tight end a lot. He also followed former Rams offensive assistant Shane Waldron, who is the the Seahawks' new offensive coordinator. So there's some familiarity there as well. So it's just a name to throw out if you're picking late in drafts and you need a tight end. You know, he's he's somebody I think. Going off the board is tight end 26 and sixth pick in the 16th round, according to four for four. He, I have him as tight end 22. And again, tight end ADP, tight end rankings, throw all of that stuff out the window. Because like we said, a touchdown, a reception, yep. a lot of things can separate these guys. And so you're just really just grasping at straws here when you're looking for a tight end this late. But Greg, who is somebody you will not be grasping at straws with because they are a bust in your opinion, according to where they're going and where how they're priced? Um, so the reason why I have it this way, I don't dislike him, but uh, I, you know, it's my my bust is Hunter Henry because of who I think will be in the top twelve and where that price is is John o. Smith. Um, you're not, you know, already hearing reports about Hunter Henry that he's, you know, already banged up and John Smith's already getting kind of, kind of the, uh, the majority of the reps so far. And I think in this Patriots offense, the guy would build like Bill Belichick, you want to definitely start off on the gate and, 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 you know, do what you got to do. Um, so I think John Smith is also just a more versatile player. You know, we were talking about how John Smith gets carries as well in the backfield. So he's going to be used in a lot and see where they're currently priced, um, People are taking Hunter Henry consistently over John o. Smith, so I'm in the in the John o. Smith team and probably would take John o. Smith over Hunter Henry. Yeah, I, I actually don't hate this one. I've been going back and forth on these two, John o. Smith and, and Hunter Henry. They're actually um, Hunter John o. Smith is the tight end 15. It might have changed a little bit. John o. Okay. Smith right now is the tight end 15. Hunter Henry's the tight end 16. Oh, okay. So okay. they're both back to back. But I think it's probably a coin flip. I know I've been going into the season saying I would prefer Hunter Henry over Jonu Smith only because, like you said, Jonu Smith is the more versatile player. And because of that, I just 
envisioned him playing like in blocking roles and mm-hmm. doing some of the dirty work where Hunter Henry, we know, we know he's more of the receiver type. So he right. might be, this is going to be a two tight end offense, right? Like let's not, let's call it what it is. We like pay both of these guys. They're tied for third in terms of, uh, of annual, annual, con- annual money, money per year at the tight end position. Both of these guys were paid handsomely in free agency. So I think they're like a 1A, 1B. But in terms of fantasy, how does this break out? I think, yeah, Jonu Smith is, like you said, the more versatile player. Hunter Henry's already banged up with that shoulder. And if Jonu Smith is going to get carries, like we said, he's going to do some of the dirty work, but he's going to get these carries, going to be used in, uh, you know, like that Aaron Hernandez type role that the New England Patriots had when they had Gronk and, and, and Aaron Hernandez back in the the old Patriots days. So John Smith probably is the more weekly. He's the, probably the safer week to week bet in, in terms of like what you're going to get. If he's getting, if he's, if he's getting used in that way where he's getting these carries, we know he's a beast after the catch. I mean, he did a, made a play in the preseason game where it, it was just like catches a ball, like two yards down the field and just juke somebody and runs <laughs> through another tackle and he, he gets eight yards. So it's like, all right, like we we understand, you know, there were times where we were frustrated with Tennessee because we felt like Johnny Smith was underutilized, but I don't think Belichick and and company paid him all this money to underutilize him some more. So right. my tight end bust is uh actually the same, pretty sure it was the same bust I had last year, so I'm just going to roll with it again. It's Tyler Higby, man. He's the re- <laughs> like he's the returning lead tight end for the Rams. He was fifth on the team in targets with 60, which he turned into 44 receptions, 521 yards and five touchdowns as the tight end 17 in total fancy points per game or total fancy points averaged 8.6 points per game. A part of me feels like he's, he's getting credit from that eight game stretch back in 2019. So like two years ago, Obviously, Everett is gone, which managers give like managers, you know, that fact right there gives managers hope that Higby can see a full time role. Again, he's going off the board as the tight end 11. I think he's going to disappoint managers this year. I wasn't in the Higby last year. And once again, I will not be in a Tyler Higby this year. Yeah, I've never really paid attention to uh, Tyler Higby as a guy I want to draft. Um, You know, he's a, a good player. I'm, he's, you know, does what he has to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm not really focus on buying someone that yeah it's either top of the top of the rounds or I'm, I'm just waiting man i'm just waiting patiently that's what that's what i'm doing <laughs> yeah man it's not i mean look back in we had the la rams breakdown laquan jones real deal fantasy gave a phenomenal rant about tyler higby so if you haven't heard it go back and, and listen to that episode or you can watch it on youtube so if you if you don't know we're on youtube so make sure you subscribe but if you're watching sure. on YouTube and you don't know, then we have a podcast. So you make sure you subscribe to that. So no matter what you're doing, you can listen to us. You can catch our shows two times a week through August. In September, we'll be four times a week. But that's neither here nor there. What is here, Greg, is your breakout tight end for 2021. Um, So I feel like this breakout tight end is probably for you more. It's like, you know, it's, it's it is basically Kyle Pitts. Like, that's. Basically, like I feel like every everyone's breakout tight end. Um, just he, I mean, really he's a freaking nature. Um, I already saw some highlights of him um, in NFL preseason on Instagram. He's doing one-handed catches, just like running routes on everybody. You know, back, catching all the types of throws, getting up for it, catching at the tip of the ball. He's uh, he is 
a receiver playing tight end. I think that's kind of the formula for really finding the dominant tight ends now. Um, getting get you a receiver, get you a big receiver in that can play play tight end, just make him a cheat code. So uh, there's no reason Kyle Pitts is not going to finish as uh, as a tight end one this year. His like his ceiling is there is no ceiling for him really because you know we're projecting to what he can do. But if the more and more he gets momentum, the more and more Atlanta is just going to want to throw him the ball and and dominate. So yeah, Kyle Pitts is, is that guy. Yeah, man. I look. <clears throat> this is probably the the. I mean, this is the last of our series, but this is the only time that we will have the same player in this spot. But it is a hundred percent Kyle Pitts for me as well. Like, if you've been listening yeah. to this show since draft day, you will have known that I'm basically <laughs> been a Kyle a Kyle Pitts fanboy for the last like four months. So, again, he was the fourth pick in the NFL draft to the Atlanta Falcons has all the potential in the world, has the first-round draft capital. He's a phenomenal athlete for the position, 6'6", 240 pounds, sub 4'5", in the 40-yard dash. And then you consider what the tight end won. I know you talked about the ceiling and how there is no ceiling, and I totally agree. But what's what's the floor? Let's talk about the floor. And when you consider what the tight end won in Atlanta has done in recent years, over the last three seasons, the Atlanta tight end won has averaged 91 targets. The average catch rate of was 74%. They had a 10 and a half yards per reception and the average touchdown total was just over five. That would be an average over the last three years of the tight end six. In my opinion, this is the floor for Kyle Pitts. And when you consider the talent he is, I think the tight end four price is a hundred percent appropriate. And we could be talking about the tight end one this time next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's what being a, a breakout is all about. Like, yeah, this is a guy that's going to be, you know, at the top with these these guys and, and holding it down after Travis Kelsey, one of the tight end greats we're, we're about to see right now. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Greg, who is your my guy at the tight end position for 2021? My guy this year, he was my breakout last year, actually. It's going to be my man, Noah Fant. You already know uh, that's my guy. You know, he he played through a, a lot of injuries last year and, and, and was able to still get on the field. I remember last year was uh, always coming into week with with the injury report, but he would still be active and still put up receptions, put up yards. Uh, no offense is, is is that guy from for me this year. Got the bump up in targets from 66 to 93. Got the bump up in yards from 562 uh, to over 650. Um, I see no reason why that improvement is just going to keep going up. Uh, he did, and he did that in less games in his rookie year. So he he's going to be balling out. He was probably the most consistent player for the Denver Broncos last year. So <clears throat> I'm with no offense all the way. Um, and what he's going to do, I'm going to be targeting him in a lot of drafts. That's that's a guy I'm willing to to pay for for sure. No, absolutely, man. I mean, Noah Fant came through big time last year. Um, we saw, and I say this all, all the time, but we remember when a guy doesn't play. Like, we remember that George Kittle was gone for eight weeks, but we don't remember that no a guy like Noah Fant had a high ankle sprain, missed a week, came back from the high ankle sprain, probably wasn't 100%, but was still out there playing. And so that that production takes a little bit of a dip. I mean, he went from 14 yards per reception as a rookie to just under 11. I think he's he's clearly more explosive than that and we we know that from his profile and we saw it we saw it as a rookie. So, I'm on board with that and keeping the trend going. My guy for 2021 was also my breakout tight end in go. 2020, yes, Mike Gesicki. 
came through as a tight end one in just 33% of his games last year, but he seemed to be more productive when Fitzpatrick was the quarterback because when Tua entered the lineup, we saw that production dip. Sometime around week 12, though, there was a shift in that production as he um, he was a top 10 tight end in three of the final five weeks of the season. And in two of those in two of those weeks, he was a top four option at the position. We all know the athlete that that Mike Gusecki is. And I personally am not the biggest fan of Tua in, in terms of fantasy. But if I'm wrong, I'm going to hedge my bet here and scoop up my guy, Mike Gusecki. Yes, sir. Mike Gusecki, uh, he's definitely one of those with the no fan, Mike Gusecki, that range. Yeah, the, those players, you always want to see them succeed. They're, they're hard workers and yeah, they, they're so much talent. You know, you don't want them to be suffering from like a, from the quarterback situation, Drew Locke and, and hopefully not Tua. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, hopefully this the change in the offense was what it was last year for Gusecki. But both of these guys, just phenomenal athletes. And I think that, you know, the sky's the limit for them. And so, again, if I'm betting on a guy, like, I'd rather pick up Gusecki late. I mean, he's going off the board as the tight end 13, round 10. I'd rather take a guy like him late, see what happens. And if it if it's not there, if nothing materializes, maybe I can go pick, pick up, like, Blake Jarwin or, you know, not Logan Thomas, obviously, because he's going to be drafted. But, yeah. you know. Yeah someone similar to a Logan Thomas or a Robert Tunyon from last year. But speaking of Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon, because we, we have time for some ADP game. Which yes, sir, of these guys, Greg, would you rather have at their current ADP? We have Robert Tunyon going off the board as the tight end nine, pick 809, mm-hmm. versus Logan Thomas going off the board as tight end 10, pick 811. So, I mean, the – it's going to be pretty easy for me because I have Logan Thomas ranked ahead of um, Robert Tunyon in my rankings. So I'm going to go with Logan Thomas. I just think having Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to help Logan Thomas a lot. Uh, just having uh, a quarterback that has some type of accuracy and can can just get it, get it to him. There was Logan Thomas was, you know, not a lot of frustration was it wasn't from him. It was just quarterback situation was just so bad. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Logan Thomas and the fact that he's being drafted, uh, lower than Tunyon. Um, and I think he's going to have high success. That's a, that's a value for me. Yeah. So I actually am going to go the other way here. I'm going with Robert Tunyon. I mean, if you told me Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing, I'm going to go with Logan Thomas, but Aaron Rodgers is here in those, in that red zone area. He was looking for Tunyon who had 11 touchdowns last year. Yep. Uh, I don't think that he, I mean, 11 is going to be a hard number to replicate. But I think that Aaron Rodgers still being there, some of that, some of that magic has to fall Tunyon's way. Plus, the other thing about Tunyon, and like I just said, high ankle—he had a high ankle sprain as well, but he played through it, and there was a significant dip in his yards per reception after the the high ankle sprain against the 49ers mm. than before the high ankle sprain. So I think that's probably a factor when when looking at Tunyon's season-long numbers. But with Logan Thomas, I actually think Fitzpatrick probably does him... I think Fitzpatrick is probably... I think Alex Smith was better for Logan Thomas because when Alex Smith was inserted to that lineup, that those accuracy issues that we talked about, those went away because Dwayne right. Haskins was a problem. But, I mean, once um, Alex Smith came in, we, we know that the, the throws were not far beyond the line of scrimmage. And so... Logan, I think that fit right into Logan Thomas's wheelhouse. I think Logan Thomas is fine. The other, the only thing I think also is an op, is a factor here 
is that last year it was just Terry, Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick. I think you add Curtis Samuel to the mix. You add Adam Humphreys to the mix. You add Diami Brown to the mix. There's more weapons here, and so I don't think Logan Thomas is going to be second on this team in targets. But going off the board as a tight end 10, not a terrible price. I just probably going to be looking for somebody with more upside. I actually don't really like either of these guys at this price, but Robert Tunyon would be my guy here. I've got him ranked as my tight end, I think tight end nine. I've got Logan Thomas at 13. So going to go with Tunyon here, but we've got a trio here, Greg, the first time okay. we've done this, but there's a little I theme like here. Was, That's why. Yeah. There's a, there's a theme here. Yeah, we've, yeah, got, yeah. we've got former new England Patriots tight end, Rob Gronkowski, Going mm-hmm. off the board is tight end 14, pick 10.08. Then we have Jonu Smith, current New England Patriot tight end. Going off the board is tight end 15, pick 11.10. And then other current New England tight end, Hunter Henry, going off the board is tight end 16, 12.01. Which of these guys are you going with, Greg? Uh, So these, you know, Patriot cloth cut tight ends, I'm going to go with Jonu, um, kind of back to the whole argument when we were talking about Hunter Henry versus Jono. Uh, I think out of the two of them, Jono's going to win that matchup uh, as far as getting targets and, and production. Um, and that's right where Gronk is a love-hate relationship with, with me. But like he, I think he found it with Tom Brady now, but now we have a whole season of AB inserted into the offense. Uh, there's just, again, a lot of mouths to feed um, in, that, in that offense. So uh, I'm going to go with John Smith at it. in the 11th round I would be pretty happy getting John Smith yeah I'm gonna go with John Smith as well here um you know for the reasons that we had previously mentioned and then yeah like you were saying with Gronk I think you know we saw last year he was he was really a factor when OJ Howard had gotten injured and I had um I had Brandon Gabor come on from deep dive fantasy to talk about the Bucks, and he, you know, he's a Bucks fan, so he pays attention to that that very closely. And he believed that OJ Howard was going to be a factor for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before getting hurt, uh, and that you know, if you looked at Gronk's utilization, you know, he had even joked about it that he's a left tackle now uh, at some at one point <laughs> last year. And I think that Gronk is probably going to be a red zone weapon as more of like a than more of a um, you know an option between the numbers you know, on, on passing downs like he used to be early in his career. So I would rank this Johnu, Hunter Henry, and then Gronk, although it goes yeah, Gronk, Johnu, Hunter Henry in, in the ADP. Yeah. But, Greg, the final ADP game that we have for today is a pair of second-year tight ends mm-hmm. that have people have high hopes for. Uh, Adam Troutman of the New Orleans Saints – Tight end 18, pick 12-12. And then Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears, tight end 22, pick 14-06. Troutman has, was a third-round pick, while Cole Komet was a second-round pick. Cole Komet was the first tight end drafted last year. Adam Troutman, I believe, was the third tight end drafted. Which of these guys are you going with for 2020, Greg? Uh, so in this type of argument, um, I'm – for rookie tight ends, uh, I'm going to go with Adam Troutman. Um, I think more leaning because the, the situations here. Um, the New Orleans Saints tight end uh, historically is has success. Uh, Jared Cook, um, 
We're talking about him. Uh, guy that gets in the end zone, gets over 500 yards. Uh, I think that's a good number for, you know, rookie tight ends to kind of aim for, uh, for um, especially for, you know, that fantasy season. Um, second, and then, year second year tight end. Second year tight end, second year tight ends. And then for Cole Komet is more the touchdown production. Jimmy Graham is still there, and I feel like Jimmy Graham is st- still going to get a number of touchdowns and, st- and steal that in the red zone. It could be off of one target per game. Doesn't matter. Jimmy Graham still seems to find the end zone and still some touchdowns. So that may cap commence upside a little bit. So I'm going to go Troutman. Yeah, I I like your analysis here. I'm, I feel the same way. Troutman's going to be in a better role. I mean, there's no Michael Thomas as well. So some of these targets in the middle of the field, they've got to go somewhere. And I think Troutman probably absorbs some of that. And Troutman was one of my favorite tight ends going into last year's um, NFL draft. I mean, he was a small school guy out of Dayton, but he was definitely, you know, one of my favorite guys uh, just looking at how he ran routes and, you know, his six cone was a really good number. He just seemed like, and then the New Orleans Saints draft him. So automatically had high hopes for him. Cole Komet though is definitely, um, he's, he's talented for sure. I mean, he was the first tight end taken. Uh, He had comparisons to Gronk, which I don't think are far off in terms of their, their, you know, their dual threat tight ends and the fact that they can affect you in the run game, but they can also line up and, and, and make plays in the pass game. There is an interesting point. Well, I, I will take Troutman here. There is an interesting point on Cole Komet. While uh, if you look at the last four games of the season or the three games of the season, the snap number for Cole Komet um, actually was the last seven games of the season. It jumps from like a 47% snap rate all the way up into the 70s, the 80s to 100% of the snaps. And Jimmy Graham's, that coincided with a, a reduction in Jimmy Graham's snap totals. And one of the things that I I pointed out earlier in the year talking about the Chicago Bears is that this is the same coaching staff that made this decision, right? Like there's no new coaches coming in here saying like, oh, well, we know that Jimmy Graham, you know, that Cole Komet played more snaps last year, but, you know, we trust Jimmy Graham because he's a veteran. Like it seemed like they were passing the torch almost to Cole Komet. And so if that continues, I think you might have a player here, but I'm with you. I'm going with Troutman just because the situation might be a little bit better, but the moment Justin Fields enters the starting lineup, I might be taking a peek over here at Cole Komet because he, the way he utilized the tight end position in, uh, at Ohio State, Cole Komet's somebody that I might be looking to grab, maybe off waivers or something. Um, I don't know why this – I don't know why, but I feel like I couldn't go through a tight end show without talking about this guy. But Harrison Bryant, like, what are you doing with Cleveland tight ends? Like, are you trying to, to, to target any of these guys? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. – that's probably the messiest position um, as far as tight end because, you know, all three of these guys are kind of talented um, and all three of these guys can have production. I In my rankings, I have Austin Hooper still the highest ranked. Um, Where do you have but, Hooper by chance? Uh, tight end 27, 26. Yeah, I got him at 26. Yeah, but I've got I've got Harrison Bryant one spot ahead of him at tight end 25. This is this is gonna. I mean, the Browns are a two three tight end offense. That's why they have yep. all of these guys: Austin Hooper, David Njoku, and Harrison Bryant. I do think Harrison Bryant will lead the tight end group in in Cleveland and targets, just because in my opinion he's the better receiver, and Austin Hooper and David Njoku are the better blockers. So that frees Harrison Bryant up to do some more receiving type work. 
I'm a huge fan of Harrison Bryant. He was one of my guys last year. And so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him this year. And he's probably somebody that I will stream in, in desperation situations. Yeah. Uh, they're all very good. Yeah. Tight ends talent wise. Yeah. And that makes the Cleveland Browns just better as a team. They're going to utilize all of them. I feel like dynasty wise, Harrison Bryant is the guy to have for sure though. For sure. No dynasty wise, like Harrison Bryant is, he's he's my guy. He's my guy. If I'm doing a dynasty startup and I punt the tight end position, I'm real late. I'm taking Harrison Bryant like yeah, almost for sure. Time. Yeah. Um. All right, Greg. Well, that wraps up the tight end, the tight end position, man. And that pretty much wraps up the positional series and our positional breakdowns. So if you haven't listened to them, you can go back and listen to them. You can go back and watch. We've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. We've done wide receivers. And now we've done tight ends. So what is next for us? Next, our next episode will release on Thursday, and you will catch us doing a mock draft haven't decided yet if we're going to be on the same team or if we're going to do different teams but you'll have to figure that one out when you when you come back and either listen to us on podcast or watch it on youtube but as always everybody we appreciate y'all for watching and listening make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to us on or if you're watching on youtube subscribe also hit the notification bell so you can get those notifications when we drop a new episode Make sure you follow the show on all social media platforms at FF Diagnostics. Make sure you follow Greg at his Instagram at we underscore made it. You could also find him on Twitter at G money underscore truth. And me, you can find on all social media platforms at JR football nerd. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy your drafts and we are out of here. Yeah.